It's a trap! Hello and welcome to Radio TCX, your weekly source for X-Wing news and strategy. I'm Tim Dugan, and I'm joined by my ancient co-host, Carson Ray. Uh, I mean, you're a little bit older than me, so that that feels a little harsh, Uh, but hello, everybody. (laughs) I meant ancient in that you've been here since the dawn of the podcast, uh, for most of them. I mean, I've been on every episode, but whatever. No No one's keeping score. After a really exciting uh, hyperspace hazard, which we've actually gotten a lot of positive feedback on, Carson, so really good job hosting that, Uh, we are back with some more real X-Wing content. Uh, So this week, we're going to talk about firing arcs. Yep. These are what you point at your opponent's ships and roll some red dice from. That's about it. And that concludes our talk on firing arcs. No, <laughs> um, it is a briefer to- topic today, but we did want to dive into this because this is one that's kind of weird to approach at any other time because um, it does uh, really impact ships, but it impacts them like across all ship types in different ways. So different ship types can have wildly different firing arcs. So we wanted to look a little bit today at non-traditional firing arcs and how they impact how you play the game. Well, and I think we should mention that we're specifically looking at how ships uh different firing arcs impacts how you maneuver with them on the table yeah and there's a decent amount to talk about here so i think we should get right to it all right so here we are talking about firing arcs and maneuvering um this is a topic that i was inspired on based off of a listener question uh one of our listeners matt asked if we could discuss strategies for flying large base ships with the uh, bowtie firing arc, like the Falcon, Matt's been playing them a bit, um, but would like more ideas for how to fly that ship, um, you know, just based off its different firing arc. I figured, well, there's a lot of different firing arcs out there. Why don't we just do an episode covering all of them? Yeah, so so get ready for uh, more time than you'd ever thought you'd spend thinking about firing arcs, uh, which I think is true because it's kind of something you take for granted. It's such a fundamental part of playing the game that you don't really think so much about the placement a lot of times, especially since the majority of ships have just the standard forward firing arc. But there's a, plenty of exceptions, obviously, or we wouldn't be here today. My big take on firing arcs, I think, would say is that firing arcs are fundamentally a part of maneuvering. They're interconnected with maneuvering uh, more than they are with just, like, the mechanics of attacking. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if we just look at the, you know, traditional front firing arc ship, um, you know, your goal is to catch other ships in that firing arc. Uh, We talk about time on target a lot, and that's, you know, just making sure your opponent's ships, you know, land within your firing arc at range one to three. Yeah, the fundamental concept being that you're trying to, you know, deal damage and score points and destroy ships in X-Wing, and the more opportunities you have to shoot at something, the more likely you have a, a chance of doing damage to it. So the more time on target you have, the more points you're going to get in a game and therefore get closer to winning. Right, I mean, and so general normal firing arc ships, you know, their firing arcs at the front, so they have to fly directly at you know the opposing ships to be able to get shots Uh, and then when they get too close they either have to start turning around or you know using a k-turn or talon roll or s loop um you know to flip that arc back around to keep chasing their target 
Yeah, and those are kind of the major constraints of having a standard forward firing arc. And what happens to those ships is, and what makes, I think, uh, non-standard firing arc special is that ships with standard firing arcs are particularly vulnerable to ships with non-standard firing arcs. Because there's this idea that um, you know you're not doing great in a game of X-Wing if your opponent has a lot of opportunities to shoot at you and you can't shoot them back. That's kind of like a universally bad situation, even if the attacks aren't always paying off or they're not doing much damage. Eventually, if your opponent's just getting more shots on you than you are on them, uh, that's going to be bad news for you in the long run. Right. I mean, in the opening, you know, turn or two of engagement, it's easy for any ship to get shots. You know, you just kind of fly at the opponent. Uh, and you'll get some shots, maybe not at the ideal range. Um, but then after that, when you just have the forward firing arc, it becomes uh, pretty difficult to maintain arc on your opponent. Um, and all of these, you know, non-traditional firing arc ships kind of have their own unique ways where they're not quite playing by the rules, and that creates um, some pretty cool opportunities for you to exploit as a player. And so that's kind of what we want to dive into today. Yeah, so let's look at some different archetypes here. Uh, the first category we're looking at are ships with front and rear firing arcs. Uh, this includes ships that have them permanently set, like the ARC-170 or the Fire Spray, where you always have a forward and rear firing arc. Sometimes they have different weapon values. And this also includes ships where that can be a little bit more variable. So uh, the TIE-SF, if you're using the gunner, sometimes you're rotating it forward. Sometimes you're keeping it in the back if you're not using the gunner. Or the RZ-2A wing, which has to decide front or back. Right. I mean, and so in the opening approach, these ships are going to work basically the same as your normal traditional arc ships. Um, but it's, you know, when you get to that point where you're about to go into the scrum of the game that I think these ships really excel, um, you know, instead of having to just, you know, run into their opponent or, you know, do a K turn, uh, which, you know, has a pretty big risk of getting blocked. Uh, these guys can just, you know, use one of their many maneuvers on the dial that'll take them just past their opponent and still be able to have a shot on them. And th this was a hard mentality for me to break when we first started playing around with the RZ-2 A-Wing when that was released, uh, where I kept flying it in a way, even though I had access to the rear arc, I wasn't really leveraging that fully. And when you have access to a rear arc, that's a really powerful tool because it does so many things, particularly to what you can do with your dial, uh, that make the ship really special. Because if you treat the RZ-2 and just have it set to a forward position, it's just going to be kind of an okay interceptor, um, still takes damage, is maybe a little bit more expensive than you'd want. But when, you have it, when you're using that rear firing arc, suddenly you get to see all these amazing options that you didn't have before. Right. This is a huge tactical advantage. Um, you know, did not need to rely on K-turn or S-loop um, or, you know, just to avoid, you know, risky maneuvers that would get blocked, but still, you know, maintain that target one thing to note though when using these rear arcs is your speed is incredibly important um, because you're going to be moving away from your opponent with these maneuvers you know you can go too fast and the shot won't really do much because it's too far away um, so you want to stay as close to your opponent as possible where they still can't shoot at you well, and I think really where you see the value of front and rear arcs, and this is something I've learned with running uh, non-gunner TIE SFs, is that it really uh, comes into play a lot when you get into the scrum of the fight. 
So right when you're reaching that point where, you know, all your ships are kind of going to get real close and personal, you'll probably start to see some bumping. Ships with rear firing arcs have a huge advantage here because um, typically if you're just using traditional forward firing arc ships and you get into that kind of uh, everyone's attacking everyone position, it can get kind of tricky on selecting maneuvers that won't bump and action deny you and being able to maintain your firing on whatever target you've chosen. Because if you have to split your fire, that's usually not a good sign. You want to start removing pieces off the board. Uh, when you have a rear, forward and rear firing arc ship, suddenly that just opens up your dial completely. And I see this all the time with the TIE SF where, you know, I get into the scrum of the fight. I get up close and personal. We had our first engagement, so some damage has been thrown back and forth. I don't even care if one of my SFs has taken a bunch of damage because I still have an awesome dial. And I can just, you know, hard turn away or five forward and using that rear arc still get shots on whoever I want. Yeah, absolutely. Although I will say, like, there is a cost to doing this. And that's, um, you're kind of taking that ship out of the fight for a little bit afterwards. It's probably going to take some time for them to turn back around and reconnect with the fight. Um, cause the fight might be moving in the other direction. And so you get a really powerful attack, you know, that turn you move past your opponent, you know, it's modified, you move past them. You know, if they did a K turn, it's probably not going to be modified in return. Um, so it's a pretty powerful advantage there, but you're going to be taking, perhaps a few turns off to get back into the fight after that. Uh, and so, you know, you have to weigh how important is this shot? Is there a ship that I really just need to take down this turn? Or is it worth it to take that K turn? Um, a lot of these ships still have that flip around option available. Um, and so, you, you know, you might take a bad shot, but it keeps you in the fight longer. And that's sort of the trade off you kind of have to weigh. Yeah, I used to see this a lot, too, running the ARC-170, where um, because I had the rear ARC, oftentimes I'd try to do maneuvers to keep shots for turn after turn. But like you're saying, Carson, you do have to weigh that cost because, you know, with a medium-based ship, you tend to move pretty quick even on your slower maneuvers. So just a couple turns of just doing one forwards and one banks to keep ARCs can put your ship pretty far out. And then by the time you're there, if you have to do like a 4K turn to flip around, it might be a few more turns after that before you're actually back in the fight with everyone else. So sometimes you have to be a little more preemptive on your turnarounds just to make sure that you can stay relevant in the game. Because a lot can happen in two or three turns with you not shooting with one of your ships. All right, so that's the front and rear arc ships. Uh, we're both big fans of these. A um, lot of fun to fly. And I think because of all those tactical implications that we brought up, you know, it's a lot of decision-making, and I think it's pretty interesting decision-making. All right, let's move on to the 180-degree front arc ships. Um, this is like your YV-666 or Ozatuck gunship. Uh, these ones are a bit more straightforward. Yeah, in a lot of ways, these feel like a um, just a modified standard forward firing arc. Um, one of the things that's interesting about this is this firing arc has its benefits, but really it kind of exists there to compensate for some of the deficiencies of the ship it's on. At least that's how we've seen it used so far, because the YV-666 and the Ozatuck don't have the best maneuverability. I mean, these ships really don't have any good options for turning around. Um, but, you know, 180 degrees of firing arc, uh, pretty powerful, pretty hard to avoid, particularly on the opening approach. Uh, basically, with these ships, you just kind of want your opening approach to last as long as possible. And because you, you know, don't really have the K-turn option, uh, what you need to do is not set up for a, like, head-to-head -head joust. 
uh, these ships need to approach from the side so that you can, you know, slowly bank or turn in and just always keep that arc pointed at a target. And this can be a little bit tricky. Um, in a lot of ways, the 180-degree front arc ships get a little bit of the benefit that we see from mobile firing arc ships where they can set them to the side. Obviously, they only cover half the range out of their side arcs there when they're using the, the 180-degree forward. But you can still leverage that. So, yeah, it's more about that slow approach at a slight angle so you can keep a reasonable distance but leverage that, you know, you can shoot straight out the side of your ship. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you, you know, never need to do a red maneuver... Um, you just, you know, keep slowly banking in, um, you know, kind of just circling around the outside of the fight, you know, you're going to get modification every turn from your actions, uh, and provide, you know, both these ships have pretty powerful firing arcs. Um, so, you know, just being able to keep using that turn after turn, uh, does work really well. You just have to really plan ahead with your setup and, you know, get your opponent to commit where you plan for that to happen. All right, so now we get down to, I think, what makes second edition uh, really interesting in a lot of ways. This is one of the big changes we saw from first to second uh, that got us excited, the change to how mobile firing arc slash turrets worked. Yeah, so when we're talking about these mobile arc-only ships, um, it's ships that just have, you know, the turret that points one direction, um, and they don't have a forward firing arc normally. Now, this one is a little bit of a cheat because uh, the main examples we have of this um, have ways to kind of augment that by getting a forward firing arc effectively. So, like, ships like the Hawk 290 built in only have the mobile, but obviously with the Moldy Crow title, you can add a set forward firing arc to that. Right, and the Jump Master can take a cannon upgrade, which sort of gives it a forward firing arc. But for budget reasons, you might very well find yourself with one of these on the table, you know, without that dedicated forward firing arc. Um, and so, you know, on your opening approach, these will probably function, you know, a lot like a normal firing arc ship. It's just that instead of turning around um, or, you know, moving away to get them in your front firing arc, you also have the option to rotate it at some point during the fight. Now, there's a big trade-off to this because oftentimes ships with any kind of mobile firing arc have to use actions in order to rotate them. There's a couple examples where it's effectively free, um, but that's a pretty big cost because a whole action just to change where you can shoot um, at, done at the wrong time can really be costly for you. So a lot of times what you'll see people do who use mobile arc ships effectively is that they kind of set that arc up in the turns as they approach so they know generally where it's going to be so that when they get into the fight, they already have the arc on the, uh, on the zone that they want it to be on. Right, and both of these ships, the Hawk 290 and the Jump Master... Um, you know, they have linked actions into that rotate where, you know, they can get a modification for the turn and still rotate that firing arc, but it comes at the cost of a stress. So their, you know, maneuvers the next turn are going to be pretty limited. Um, so, you know, you can afford to rotate a few times in combat, but you really want to minimize when you're doing it. But that is a small cost for what is a really big perk for these ships. Being able to set uh, your firing arc either to your rear or to either side of your ship has huge advantages on maneuvering. Uh, and fundamentally, obviously, it, it takes away from the limitations of ships with just a standard forward firing arc. You don't have to deal with the stuff they have to deal with. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if your opponent's ship is K-turning and you know, you know where that's going to take it, 
uh, you can pull up right alongside them, have your arc pointed to the side. Um, ideally, they don't get to shoot you that turn. And then the next turn, you just get to do a turn because um, they're probably going to go you know, straight or bank based off most ships' blue maneuver options. Um, and so it's going to be pretty hard to escape that sideways firing arc. Yeah, there's something really oppressive. I've had to deal with this with some ion cannon Y-wings, which I forgot how effective those can be in second edition when they get up close and are throwing four dice at you, uh, where they can really lock you down. I've had, you know, forward firing arc set ships get one ion token on them, and then they're just locked down, unable to shoot turn after turn as the Y-wing continues to keep them ionized. That's pretty right. Then it just circles around and chases you. Yeah. Yeah, once you can get behind or to the side of somebody, you know, when you have these mobile arcs, it becomes uh, pretty powerful. Then you can just kind of stick with them, and they have to do some pretty subpar maneuvers to get back into that fight. All right, so moving on, let's complicate this a bit. Uh, We have our mobile arc ships, but now they have a dedicated front arc. Obviously, you still get all the tactical flexibility that the mobile arc provides, um, but also you have a, you know, usually pretty powerful forward firing arc that you want to be using as well. Yeah, and this is a, a pretty strong configuration. Obviously, we see it with the Hawk 290, which was so oppressive early on in the game's history that they did have to uh, make some adjustments and uh, make it a little less common. But there are other ships that have access to both a set forward firing arc and a mobile firing arc, and uh, it's pretty powerful i mean being able to get shots effectively out of 75 percent of the zones on your ship's base means that you're gonna have really good time on target even if they have lower attack values right and i think you know we should talk about the most common use for that which is to set that mobile arc to one of your two side positions you have your forward arc of course it's just pointed forward uh, but this creates a diagonal 180 degree firing arc which you know, if you do the same setup that you do for the normal front 180-degree firing arc ships, uh, this creates a really powerful and really difficult-to-escape firing arc. Uh, you just set up slightly on the outside of your opponent, just, you know, move in straight until they get within range, and then you just slowly circle in. Um, and that is a really wide area that's extremely difficult to avoid. Yeah, and, and I mean, this has a couple benefits. Obviously, the first one is being able to get shots and maintain a reasonable distance away from the ships you're shooting at so they can't move in too quickly. But you also have the perk of since you're not, you know, you're moving in a direction that's different than your firing arc is pointing that you're you're using probably. Um, that's a huge be- benefit that if other ships do move in to take you, uh, you can just bail out or do some more aggressive maneuvers to get away from them. Well, and one thing that's nice about having this be on the mobile arc as opposed to the you know fixed 180 degree arc is you know you have that option to rotate if your opponent sees what you're doing and cuts in hard um to your outside where you don't have that arc covered well uh you can just rotate it so as long as you have that initiative advantage or the proper foresight you know you can really put that arc wherever it needs to be All right, and now we get down to our last category for uh, non-standard firing arcs. And so this one's kind of marked out differently 
um, because it fundamentally is on ships that tend to do something different. So the bowtie firing arc is your mobile firing arc that always points out opposite directions on your ship base. So either forward, backward, or left and right side. Or starboard and port, I guess, for you sailor types. Thank you, Tim. I like to think I'm a sailor. <laughs> but this mobile arc configuration um, tends to show up on ships we call battleships. Uh, it's a ship type we'll talk about in the future here. But things like uh, Millennium Falcon, the Decimator, the YT-2400. Uh, and these ships tend to play X-Wing a little bit differently. Don't forget the K-Wing, Tim. No, I've forgotten it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, of course, these are the ships that were, you know, traditionally just a 360-degree turret in first edition. Um, now that's been reduced by half of the area they can cover, you know, either both your sides or front and rear. Um, and so, you know, you of course use that front firing arc and play it like a normal ship. You got a front and rear firing arc, but I think in general, these are most effective when they're put on the sides. Um, and you just kind of stay on the outside of the map and let your opponent kind of chase you. Yeah, I think this is a lot of when we talk about battleships, that's a lot of the idea it comes from. It's It feels a lot less um, fighter dogfighty and a lot more like naval battleship circling the enemy and firing off from a distance. Uh, and that's what they do, and they do it really well. Typically, they have uh, lower agility and higher hit point thresholds than other ships. Um, but having access to the side arc like we talked about for people even with the front and the mobile arc um, that's a huge benefit. You don't necessarily need the set forward firing arc when you can just trade shots at a distance circling around the enemy. Yeah, absolutely. You know, most of these ships are large bases, which means, you know, these arcs can cover a pretty wide area, um, but you do have to be pretty careful once people get up close um, where it's a lot easier for them to barrel roll out of those firing arcs. Um, so the approach where you don't really get in close to the fight, um, you're always just kind of moving past people. Uh, I like just staying on the outside. You know, once you kind of go into the middle and have to start avoiding obstacles, um, it becomes a lot easier for your opponent to avoid those firing arcs. And you come across the downside where you want to be rotating a lot more, um, which for, you know, these ships they really don't have any action efficiency around that rotate action. So any turn that you do have to rotate is extremely costly. Yeah, I think this is a case where you really, if you're flying these ships, you have to be more mindful of the pitfalls rather than the benefits, where you've got those dead zones. Since you don't have set firing arcs in any direction, you have those dead zones where if ships get in there, you're just not dealing any damage to them. And unless you're at a, you know, a really high initiative, um, you probably won't be able to rotate to get target on them and if you do rotate you probably won't have any mods so it's this whole you have to really you know think ahead and plan your maneuvers carefully i think often what makes these ships powerful and having the bowtie arc and shooting out the side is that using that in combination with your other ships to put pressure on your opponent maybe with just conventional forward arc ships um, and then just have this on the side where your opponent does have to make that decision do i move towards the battleship or do i keep my attention where a lot of attack dice are coming from Right. Well, and I think the time on target is so important for these because, you know, these are incredibly powerful ships with strong offense, uh, but they usually cost, you know, somewhere between a third to half of your list. And so each turn that they're not firing is a huge loss. Uh, and turns that you spend your action efficiency on a rotate 
is also a loss because that's going to you know turn down the effectiveness of that attack. So you got to be really mindful um, on where you are so that you can always be firing with these ships. I think that's maybe kind of the overall um, thrust of what I want to get get through with this episode is that uh, time on target is a is a concept that's so fundamentally important to X Wing. And mobile firing arcs and non-traditional firing arcs allow you to do that uh, in a very special way where it's a little bit easier often to keep people inside your firing arc with these ships. Often that comes at a cost, whether that's a maneuverability cost or uh, a literal point cost with those battleships. But there's so many benefits to be gleaned from just being able to keep shots on your opponent over time. Right. I mean, the benefit is winning, right? (laughs) I mean, this is how you win a game. You need to deal damage, score points. I mean, that sounds simple, but... I mean, that makes it the most important thing, right? Um, That's the end goal, right? Deal damage, score points. That's how you win. You don't get to do that if they're not in your firing arc. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Radio TCX. If you like the show, please go on to facebook.com slash Radio TCX and like our Facebook page. You can also, if you really enjoy the show, please go onto iTunes and leave us a five-star review along with a comment saying what you like about the show and why others should listen. And if you want to support the show directly, please consider going on to patreon.com slash radio TCX and becoming a supporter of the show today. It really means so much to us. And thank you to everyone who's donated so far. Again, folks, thank you so much for listening. And we will talk to you next week. Rotate, rotate. <laughs>